Hello, welcome to episode number 170 of The Mag Life. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with my co-host, Varg Freeborn. Varg, how are you doing today? Very good. How about you? I'm doing very good as well. Varg picked a topic today. I don't even know what kind of details we're going to get into. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I just know that Varg said, we're going to talk about training. And I uh, said, let's do it. Let's talk about training. What are we going to talk about, Varg? I'd like to talk about training in a very general sense. I think we tend to talk about a lot of training topics on this show. and We get into some detail-oriented stuff yeah. a few times, but not like in general? Not in general, no. We're typically going pretty deep into like something in the weeds, you know, something very specific. And training in general, and you've got a lot of new gun owners out there and new people in the gun world, and also some people that have been in for a while and haven't quite figured it out yet. And maybe being a little bit general for their benefit will be a good good plan for today. Yeah, yeah, and you just covered the who. Now I guess we cover the what. So I was thinking that we'd start off just by talking about what training is and what training isn't. And a couple of the purposes of training, I think, get overlooked or maybe people aren't aware of. Most people know you go to training to get better and they think that if it's involving gun training and firearms, like it's going to be marksmanship and maybe drawn from a holster and stuff like that. And I think that the aspects of training, like uh, shaking out your gear and figuring out what works and what doesn't, seeing the patterns of, of weapons that work well, weapons that fail, gears that, that works well, gear that fails, like when you get to see other people on the range running gear too, so it's not like you just show up with your stuff. You've got your gun and your holster. You get to see, you know, 10 or 12 other people and they've got 10 or 12 other guns and holsters and you're watching all of this stuff happen on the range and seeing how it shakes out for other people too. I tell you, you could save money absolutely. by taking a training class because you know what not to buy now. Yeah, absolutely. You go there and you can see, like, you might see somebody running something that's that's running phenomenal for them. And then you ask the right questions and start looking and through those through those types of encounters, you might find your way to something that works really great for you that you didn't know of before. And that's typically how it happens. Like somebody's going to, you know, and I'm sure you would agree, Dan, that you'll see the cream rises to the top in the training world. So you'll see more and more of the things that work mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of preconceived notions out there about what training is and you know, somebody will be talking to somebody about a class online or I'll see it in person or I'll be talking to somebody like, oh, no, dude, I don't I don't really do that because I, I've been hunting my whole life and I grew up around guns. You've probably heard that same thing. And when I do get one of those people in a class, uh, I've never had this, the following, not happen. Like, holy crap, I had no idea that there was so much to this. I, I, I thought I knew things. I learned more in one day than... I have in the past 30 years of life going to the range, shooting guns and, and doing this thing. There's, there's so many preconceived notions that are just, they're just not accurate about what's going to happen at a good training class. And you're not just going to stand there and shoot guns. If it's a good defensive training class, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to encounter in a very short amount of time. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, things that you can actually take notes on. There's going to be a lot of things like the observation piece of, of the gear around you and, and, and testing your gear like you said, and, and everything else, there's there's so many things that can come from two days or just a weekend class of 100% focus on 
this thing that we do. We carry a gun. We carry around the ability to cause death or serious bodily harm uh, very, very quickly, and, and depending on our skill level, potentially easily. And we spend more time training to drive a car than we than we do guns in a lot of cases for a lot of people. We spend more time training doing uh, a lot of things out there. You know, like we, we'll spend a lot of times playing video games, a lot of times doing a lot of stuff out there in life that are arguably nowhere near as important or uh, you could use the word dangerous. You know, if you get it right, you could save lives, save your life. If you get it wrong, you could lose your life, hurt an innocent person, be locked up. It's a huge responsibility and to uh, assume that we've got it figured out because I've been hunting my whole life or been around guns my whole life is you're really missing a lot of pieces. That person really does need to go jump in a class. Yes, I don't know how many times I've heard that, you know, I've been hunting my whole life or I've been handling weapons my whole life. Or my favorite one that I ever got was I don't need any training because my dad was a Marine and he taught me everything about how to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Or my uncle was a cop, something like something like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that just there's a couple things about that. So one of the things that training is not is it's not a magic pill and it's not some like superpower that's bestowed upon somebody because they wore a certain uniform or, you know, they did a specific job and all of a sudden they're a small arms weapons expert. And now they can teach everybody, you know, understanding the difference of like where you go for training and who you train, like who you train with is so important and how you get there is by, researching and looking into things. And when in the beginning, you don't know a lot, you don't know what to look for, what not to look for, things like that. But just understand that just because somebody wore a certain uniform or had a certain job or, you know, has been hunting their whole life or, you know, you could strap a gun on your hip every single day for 20 years. And it doesn't make you any more of a gun expert than it did the first day you strapped it on your hip. If you never do anything practical with that gun. I mean, I am a perfect example of this. My my father, uh, deputy sheriff, criminal investigator, and you know we would go hunting, we'd go shooting, and you know, we didn't shoot a whole lot, but we we did quite a bit. You know, he taught me safety rules, how to grip the gun, how to shoot it, everything else. Uh, funny story, a couple of years ago, I taught him how to do it all the right way. It came to a class. You know, I, I thought I knew things going into the Marine Corps, and then I get in the Marine Corps, and I'm running rifles and eventually handguns, and realize that I really did not know anything. And then you fast forward a little bit further, I get around some guys who have been killing bad guys in little wars that people don't know about for a long time, teaching me stuff right and left. And then I realized that what I learned earlier in the Marine Corps, I did not know anything and I still didn't. And then fast forward even further and uh, I start really diving in and learning a lot. And here, I, you know, finally get to the point where I am today, been making a living with a gun in my hand for over 22 years. And a lot of the stuff that I learned early on and a little bit later in the Marine Corps, like I don't agree with it anymore and I have better information and I have good evidence to support what I, I believe are best practices and the right way to do things now. And so I'm still, uh, I've learned so much and I've learned so much that I've been wrong about that uh, at this point right here, I still, I'm afraid to say that I know a lot because every single time I've been at this point, I've been wrong about knowing a lot. So it's, uh, there's, there's just, just because I was in the military, um, for all those years that my father and the people I was around growing up, they were into guns, SWAT team members, everything else. I still, I, I didn't somehow get this magic pill that, you know, I had things figured out. I, it's been a work in progress for, for over two decades. 
And I still don't think that I am as prepared as I could be to use a gun if somebody comes into my house tonight or 2 a.m. at the gas pumps. I could be more prepared. That's an interesting point. I think we should highlight that by saying training is not a definite destination. It's the act of continually evolving. And if you're not continually evolving, then you're not training. You're not learning, right? That's what you just described is over all those years, you know, 22 years of experience, you evolved each time. Each movement you made, you evolved and you came to a point where sometimes you disagree with the things you were taught or learned before because you evolved or better tactics, better strategies, better equipment has been developed since then. Yep. And now we implement those and now there's better ways to, to do things like that happens all the time. So people tend to think of training like it's a destination, like you go and there's a definite end and you like, okay, so I've had this training. Yeah, you check in a box. I'm good. Yeah. Like I've had this training and now I'm good. Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's a, it's a, it's a process of seeking self growth. And if you're not the self growth kind of person, you then it's, it's very hard for you to get the most out of training. And I think that we should mostly, all of us should be self growth people because you should always be seeking to become better than you were yesterday, right? That's just a very simple concept that you get up every day, you try to do, you know, a better job than you did yesterday. And that's a very, I think it's a very American ideal. It's a very human ideal. Like it's just, you know, evolve, grow, do better. And training is that thing. It's, it's an avenue to that. It's not a destination. It's not a check in the box. It's not something that you show up and you walk away and you have this skill now. That's not how it works. Uh, and I think that, you know, looking at it that way gives you the ability to sit back and say, oh, I don't really need that. I don't need to check in that box. And then you keep yourself, you rationalize yourself out, out of ever stepping on that path of self-growth and, and evolution, right? Yeah, I think uh, I, I hear it often. If I go take a class, maybe if it's an instructor that I know or they know me or the, another student or a, one of my students or a friend of mine, like, wait, hey, I heard you went to that class. Wait, um, you take classes? Oh, yeah. You're, you Absolutely. mean you're a student after 22 years, you're still a student? Dude, I cannot wait to get to that advanced stuff that everybody talks about. <laughs> I want to go take an advanced class one day because I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I, I found a lot of fundamentals class under like complex situations, but I still haven't found this advanced stuff yet. I can't wait to be good enough to do that. But they'll, they'll be like, hey, um, uh, did you learn anything? You know, And I'll think there may be something that I can really put my finger on and say, yeah, I, I had never thought of this or heard this because that happens sometimes. Uh, it may be something that a technique, a, a way, a tactic, the way something's been taught. Uh, and I really like the way that was done, the way that piece was handled by this instructor. I'm going to borrow that and always cite them on that because that's a, I, I learned something that makes me better that can help make my students better. My favorite thing to have happen on the range with me in a training class is, uh, is for me to learn something that I realize should be a priority for me, should be something that I should be good at because it fits a large amount of circumstances or it is one of those things that are reasonably likely to occur in a defensive situation. When I discover something like that, that I have a deficiency in, that I'm not great at, then uh, just going to the range and finding something that you're not good at for me is a great day. I had a successful trip at the range because now I was able to take a note and give myself some homework. The next time I go do that again, 
I'm going to be amazing at it because I'm going to go in and put in some work to get better at that one thing. Because if there is some kind of situation that occurs that I'm not going to die because some dude's going to win in just some very limited set of circumstances, you know, I've covered another one of those things that, that reduces those chances, at least to the best of my ability. Yeah. And, you know, going through that process, even though, you know, you're, you're experienced, you, you've been in gunfights, you've been in actual engagements and you've, you've got practical experience behind the trigger to be able to go forward and, and, and speak like that. Well, I think that's even more of a reason why I feel that way. Yeah. Because it's not the simple thing where we draw the gun and shoot and whoever shoots first wins and one shot's fired. And that's it. There's so many more complexities that we've covered in some other episodes here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a physical element, there's a mental element there's so much out there that we need to be conditioned for and, and training for. And I I just think that just because I've done those things and experienced doesn't make me amazing at it. The next time I do it, it just gives me the priorities that I need to work on before the next time it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and a lot of people ask me like, why, you know, because I had a similar experience where all of my experience, my practical hands-on experience in lethal level violence came before I entered the training world. And that's even backwards for most. Most people have some level of training. They go through law enforcement academy or they go through the military, mm-hmm. you know, basic training, whatever. Then they go out and engage in violence. Whereas I, I came the opposite direction on that path and came into the training afterwards and people would say, well, what, what made you want to come into training and be a student after that? And I, my answer is always the same. I made so many mistakes that many of them cost me large parts of my life that I'll never get back. Like I paid dearly for those mistakes. Some of those mistakes almost cost me my life. And when you, when you see the importance of that, when you've been in any type of engagements and you see how fragile the life really is, how mm-hmm. how how good you have to be, and that sometimes no matter... We are so easy to kill, yeah, man. That's what people don't realize. And that's that's one of my observations. Yeah, no matter how good you are, sometimes, sometimes you just can't be good enough. And when you realize that, that's when you start to take it serious and you're like, I got to go out there and, you know... I got to do this. I got to do this as, as to the best of my ability so that I, number one, don't make any more mistakes that cost me any money or time or freedom or anything from my life again. Also, that I don't end up getting killed or getting someone that I care about killed or, you know, having some other innocent person harmed under my watch. And so when you think about all of these mistakes that you can make in the in the super high consequences of them, that is what drives people like me and people like you out to train more, even though we've had experience in practical application. Yeah. This is my responsibility to my family, to the innocent people that I'm carrying a gun around. Like it's my responsibility to be trained and make good decisions and, and stay here to, to protect my family and provide for my family and not endanger somebody else. It's not just a, and it, it just, it just so happens the training classes are a heck of a good time. Like they're, they're fun. And I can't think of many other things in, in, in life that they're, they're important things that, that you may or may not have to do or they're involved in your life, like carrying a gun. You know, you could even take it to like driving a car, you know, do go into car training unless you're doing some like offensive training and some, some, uh, you know, tactical driving type stuff. 
it's, it's not a lot of fun, you know, unless you're just like into racing cars and you want to go to a track that that's could be a heck of a lot of time, but the normal everyday stuff, I mean, we're going to go practice putting the kid in the car and putting the car seat on them. Like these are all things that we should be doing and we should be responsible for. It just so happens that this gun thing is definitely one of the biggest responsibilities. If you're strapping on a gun, if we, we should have that mindset that like, this is, this is a, a grave responsibility. It just so happens that these classes are a heck of a good time and you're going to hang out with like-minded folks for as long as your class is, you're going to make friends that you're going to stay in touch with for the rest of your life in there. Like it's, it, these are you, the same kind of people as you in these classes. There's just, there's so many, there's so many reasons to train. And I'm not just say go to a class, like to train, like, like part of your lifestyle than there is to not do it. You know, so the, the, the drawbacks are a little bit of time, you know, it costs some money and uh, you know, ammunition might be hard to get like it is right now, but uh, the benefits or the potential benefits and the real benefits that will be realized in the class. Uh, I see a lot of my students, it spills over into weight loss. It spills over into fitness. It spills over into uh, other things that they, they do in their life because they went out there and they, whatever they've been doing in their life and their work, something that's been unfulfilling and they come out and they grow and they have a good time and they're, they're, they're pushed by other, other men and women and, and they're out there and they're, they're seeing, wow, this is, this is something that I've been missing in my life. You know, this, this very martial thing that, you know, we all do this together and uh, have almost the same reasons across the board. And they're not the crazy person in that class. They're just one of the, the 10 people who, who set it as a priority to be able to, to, to fight and defend their family and themselves. And it's uh, it's just, it's all around an amazing experience. You know, it really is. If you, especially if you get in a good class. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's times when it's, you know, there's times when it's not as fun. And uh, yeah, I get I get bored in classes a lot. I actually had a I actually had a pretty rough class. One of the last ones I took uh, last year, I went to a Jared Reston pistol class. It was pistol development, and it's a rough class anyway because you're you're literally shooting AB eight for eight hours with a pistol like it's it's that gets pretty tough and then when it's when you're in florida and it's summertime and you're shooting a b8 with a handgun for eight hours it gets pretty rough and, and so, jared rest is so boring talking and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, and so i i like deteriorated over this day like so badly and i got to where i was shooting so poorly and um, I didn't know what was going on, and I was just like, I didn't feel right. I started to develop this headache, and um, it turns out that I was getting sick that day. Like, I, I woke up, and I didn't have enough sleep. I didn't eat properly, so I started off on a bad foot, and I just set the stage for me to just go downhill. And uh, it turns out I was getting sick. And I and to, to illustrate this, the whole camaraderie thing and having fun, like, we all, a whole bunch of us, and there was uh, – a whole bunch of guys from South Florida, like a, a, some other instructors. So we had a whole thing of having fun and hanging out with like-minded people. We all rented an Airbnb in St. Augustine, Florida. We had another night there, a whole free night with no training the next morning. And uh, it was a big plan to like everybody to hang out and stuff. I felt so terrible that I ended up driving home that night and I just left. I didn't even like I had paid for another night in the Airbnb and I couldn't even do it. And my point is, is that, you know, what I found out that day is if I wake up on a day, any day, and I feel like that, and I start to, to deteriorate as the day goes on, 
you know, if I'm faced with an engagement or it, that's the day that I'm chosen, you know, that, that the call happens and I got to step up to the plate. Uh, I seen the type of, you know, hardships I'm going to have. I seen the type of, of challenges that day that I'm going to have when I'm, when I've got a severe headache and I don't feel good and my focus is really poor. You know, I seen how it affected my marksmanship. I seen how it took my limitations and contracted them, uh, um, and, and closer to me so that I don't even have to go that far to reach a limitation now. So training under those circumstances was very helpful, even though it was a miserable experience. I got to see something very important that, you know, you can go out there on a great day when you feel good and you've had breakfast and everything's good and your blood sugar's level and, you know, the weather's not too bad and you can shoot great. And if you do that, or you can go out in the rain and think, oh, I'm training in hard adversity. But when you are physiologically wrecked for whatever reason, you're sick or whatever, and, and you start to, you know, try to do the things that you normally would do well and you see how it affects you, it's very important, you know. So it's very important to train even though you, you start to fall off you have a miserable experience, but you find out things about yourself in those conditions that you might not have known before. Yeah, no, I think it goes back to something uh, I talked about in a recent episode. There was a few episodes back about this idea of becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, the exposing yourself to, to things that are uncomfortable. That's where growth lies, right? Being uncomfortable for, for a long period of time while you're doing whatever it is you're trying to do. Just that experience alone is going to make you more conditioned, more more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you know, if you look at a defensive shooting, defensive situation, any kind of high stress tactical situation, and I say tactical, not even just in in with guns involved. It could be a firefighting thing. It could be. I was just down last week in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, where the place was just utterly devastated, and it tied the strongest hurricane to ever hit Louisiana. It was back in the 18-something or early 1900s, and it was the 10th most uh, devastating hurricane, strongest hurricane to ever hit the United States. You know, I won't get into why it's not on the news and everything else. People don't know, but this this place is utterly devastated. I spent a week down there with Team Rubicon, and there's power lines down everything everywhere. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be walking up to a house doing a site survey, and there are hazards everywhere. There's just risk all over the place. And I just, I was constantly making, I was, I got placed in charge of like 30 people and multiple strike teams and a bunch of equipment, like $100,000 of equipment and some vehicles. And it was my second time ever out with Team Rubicon. So I had all this responsibility and I would have to tactically, I could be walking to the bathroom and I, I'm, I'm making decisions. And in some ways, it, it could almost be life or death because this is, this is a disaster area. There's dangers all over the place. So it was very miserable conditions, 110 heat index in the day and like a hundred degree heat index at night and no AC, no air, no power, no nothing. So I, I was struggling the first couple of days, but I still had to do my job and I had to put forth my, uh, since I was, you know, in charge of some people and protecting them and, and feeding them and, and, and leading them and getting work done and everything else. I had to go back to my be tired, don't look tired, be miserable, don't look miserable, be cold, don't look cold, you know, be hot, don't look hot. And that, that was a challenge for me. And I, I loved every second of this misery out there because I saw it as like one of the best training opportunities that I have had in a long time. I became so, I got back to where I used to be, where I used to be freaking hard as nails. Like I had this pain tolerance that was ridiculous and I've lost that and gotten soft over the years. But getting back out there in those miserable conditions where there's risk all around to keep that focus through 
all of that discomfort because people were lying on me and I really wanted to be able to come home to my family again and not die because I walked into a power line or anything like that. It was, it was just an amazing training opportunity for me and I got to help people all at the same time. So amazing experience, but I am, I can say 100% right now after the end of that week, I got back, I got more comfortable with being uncomfortable and working through it and focusing, not just surviving through it, but excelling. And that was a huge confidence booster for me too, which is also important in training. Absolutely. I, I have two yes or no questions for you. You ready? Sure. Do you think that training makes you stronger? I've got a couple of follow-ons there, but I'll, I'll skip them because I want a little more detail. Yes, it makes you stronger. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead with, with your side note. Let's hear what you got. Uh, I was going to ask what sense of stronger. You know, are we talking physically stronger? Uh, stronger because I'm potentially in some way maybe superior than my adversary because they haven't had that same experience as me that I got in the training? Any, any and all of those, right? Like if it makes you stronger in any way, does it make you stronger? Sure. The, the answer is yes. Yeah. It, it, it it's going to make you stronger. Sometimes the type of training you do, you do makes you physically stronger. Sometimes the type of training you do makes you mentally stronger. So you can go out and do those things like sleep in a hundred degree, you know, high humidity index and, uh, come out and work, you know, a, a 16 hour day each day and do the same thing over and over. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. I can't, I can't believe I had said I had fun working from six a.m. to one thirty a.m. every day. Like that's not usually something I associate with fun. Yeah, yeah, and you know, part of that, part of the reason you were able to do that is because you're, you're number one, you're in shape. You've been training. You've yep. been training pretty hard physically, and you're in shape. And you've done some, some pretty intense workout cycles, uh, and you went out there and you performed extremely well because your body was ready for it. Your body was strong. Your body was strong. Your work capacity was high and you were ready for it. You had good reserves, right? So training made you stronger in every way. All the types of things you, you've done all the way back to your military time and being miserable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable or comfortable with being miserable, right? Yep. No, and your, your so training, the, the fitness side, uh, the program that you've got me on everything, without a doubt made an impact. And I saw many occasions where it did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the second question is this, is life easier if you're strong? Sure. Absolutely. Cause, cause what's coming to you in life, it, it doesn't really care about your, your mental, physical or intellectual fitness level. It's going to come either way. You can either be more prepared for it or you can be, you know, your stagnant self and, and not be prepared for it. So it's coming, whatever that is in life. Yeah. Life, remember that life is easier when you're strong and it's easier on every level. And the stronger you are on every level, mental, physical, all of it, all of it makes life easier, you know, and that's the biggest thing that you get out of training at the end of the day. It just makes life easier. Got anything else to add to the training? I think I'm good. I think we primed the pump on that one so we can go back to getting in the weeds on our specific detail stuff. And uh, somebody can always jump back to this episode and hear a general overview of, you know, the very basic principles of what's accomplished with training. I, I want to get across one thing, man, that, that's really something that I discovered just a, a couple of years ago that I, that has been very important for me. And I, I wish I would have discovered it a long time ago. And it's a mindset thing. Just like what I talked about down there with team Rubicon and, and Lake Charles, the, how miserable it was. There's a lot of folks that were really struggling. We had people leave 
you know, and there was there was a lot of a lot of hardships down there, a lot of challenges. And I, I'm a problem solver, if nothing else. Like I'm not great at a lot of things, but you know, I, I love problem solving, and I had so many problems to solve, and that was just in heaven there. And it's it's one of my my favorite things in the whole world. And the reason I, I like the problem solving, I think, so much is the same reason I like. Um, you know, we talked about this in, in past show too. Everything is a training opportunity. Like everything, you know, getting cut off in front of you is, a, is an opportunity to train self-control. If you're driving your car and somebody cuts you off, uh, no matter what happens at work, like it's all an opportunity to train self-control. It's an opportunity to, if you're having a conversation with somebody with a boss or uh, a subordinate that you're trying to lead, it's a it's a leadership training opportunity leading up or that chain of command or down the chain of command or across the chain of command. Uh, every single thing that, that you're encountering in life, that especially is something that's uncomfortable, or some kind of you know hardship or a challenge, it's all a training opportunity, and you know you want to get it right because that's important for your life, whatever it is, whether it's at work, home, family, whatever else. But it's not; it's probably not the last time you're going to encounter that. So it, if you, depending on how you handle that, and and you don't have to self evaluate in the moment because then you might screw up what you're doing. But go back and take a realistic look at it, how you reacted. Uh, if you see yourself going down a wrong path in that action, then you know you you can change that. Uh, but I, I, I see that I, I get better at a lot of things just looking at all these things for this for training opportunities. It also helps me out a little bit in, um, in confidence where there's something that, that I fail at. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I learned all these things. So the next time that happens, my chances of failure are, are less. I've got a higher chance of success because I just acquired all this information. And so don't judge me on, on whatever if I write a story or, or tell a story or, or record a podcast, don't don't judge me 100% on this podcast episode right now. What do you hear my last podcast that I ever get to do? It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be the best podcast ever because every single one of these are, are me training to get better at podcasting. So it's like that's kind of one of my, my mindset outlooks for, for life. But it's really helped me a lot. Sounds good. Well, that was episode number 170 of the Mag Life Podcast. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you enjoy the show, then jump on iTunes, leave us a review or any of the other sites, whatever way you listen to this. It helps people find us and get some information out there. If you ever have any questions, anything that you want us to talk about, uh, questions that we haven't covered and may not cover, whatever, hit them in the uh, comment section of this podcast or shoot us an email. You can shoot me an email at dshaw at gunmagwarehouse.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, I got a couple of emails last week for some people about our episode about advanced safety, Varg, and... I had one guy who was like some super high up in the U.S. government and American in a U.S. Uh, State Department. And uh, it was pretty cool. He does some pretty cool stuff. And he was really uh, digging what we were talking about in that episode. And he has some good mm. examples and stuff, too. So people are listening. Uh, people that need the information are, are listening and sharing it with people. So I hope you guys do, too. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, get you involved in, in what we're talking about. And uh, until then, the Mag Life out. <laughs>